You know that we are a baseball family. Sure, the love of the game and watching your kids perform on the diamond is exciting. But we met so many really great friends all along the way with all the sitting in the stands that we did. 21 straight years of year-round baseball. Little league teams turned into travel teams, and then the most fun teams of all, school teams. 15 of the 21 years, two sons on two teams. You meet a lot of people. You gain a lot of friends, and along the way, of all those many teams and many sets of parents and coaches with whom we have cheered, we could only come up with three other ministers among the parents. Plenty of bankers, some doctors, lots of teachers and salespeople, but not so many ministers. So lucky us. We got stuck all too often with the religious questions of which my least favorite begins with this phrase. Where in the Bible does it say, first of all, like I've got the whole thing memorized? Do you not have Google? It might shock you to know that most often, if a question starts with words like, where in the Bible does it say, the most likely answer is almost always, well, the Bible doesn't say it. You know, like a penny saved is a penny earned. Where does it say that in the Bible? It does not. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Where does it say that in the Bible? It does not. I'll never forget the mother that asked me one day, Amy, where does it say in the Bible that God helps those who help themselves? Well, I don't think the Bible says that. Oh, yeah, it does. Where does it say it? I just can't quite remember it. Well, again, I, I'm pretty sure the Bible doesn't say God helps those who, helps who help themselves. I'm sure it does, she said. To which I was left with, well, why don't you Google it and get back to me? She never got back to me. I tried to gently say, you know, when you think about it, it doesn't sound like God, does it? It sounds like us. But she was so convinced. It sounds like something we would tag onto God, well, you know, God helps those who help themselves. But it just doesn't sound exactly like God. Now, with most, most of these aphorisms, as the ones, at least ones I've preached, I've been, I say the aphorism, God helps those who help themselves, and then I say, that's a lie. Stop saying it. You can say this one. You can say... God helps those who help themselves because I'm happy to report to you that this is true, even if the Bible doesn't say it. God does 
help those who help themselves. In exactly the same way that God helps those who do not help themselves. Do you see what I did there? God helps those who help themselves and do not help themselves because God helps everyone without condition, without requirements, without results, without constraints, without outcomes, and we hate that about God. God helps everyone, period. I'm sure helping oneself is often a benefit to the results, but helping oneself is not a prerequisite of God's. God is always at work for good, all the time, everywhere, with everyone, period. The truth is, I couldn't decide which way to go with this sermon. It could easily be a social justice sermon. If you hear laughing and you don't know why, you've not become a church this, sum this summer. And you're going to have to go back and listen to all my sermons to get that inside joke. It could easily be a social justice sermon about how people of faith use today's aphorism to judge those that we may deem as lazy good-for-nothings. We hear it all the time, especially in these post-pandemic days. Jobs are plentiful if people want to work. There's a shortage of workers at every turn. Anybody that wants a job can get a job if they just want to work. Twice recently, Russ and I have spent about 30 minutes in a fast food drive through waiting for our order to be filled. When we finally got to the window, we are met with an apology that mentioned something about being short-staffed. And I wondered how many people had lost their temper with that girl delivering the message as if it was her fault that management couldn't get help or keep help because likely the wage they are paying simply isn't enough to be used as a living wage for a family. Shame on us for saying people can live off minimum wage and raise a family. What about all the people that just want something simple like a hard day, a hard day's work to just pay the bills. Sure, that wage is enough for a high school student to make some spending money, but it's not enough even for that high school student who is working to contribute to the needs of the family because without that piddly part-time job, her mama won't be able to buy her school supplies or new clothes for school to start the new year. And I guess we never know which person is at the window of the drive-thru. The one making some extra cash so she can go get her nails done before she goes to the beach with her friends, or the one cashing in her check every two weeks and giving it her, to her mama to help pay the bills. I celebrate the beach-going girl. I really do. I admire her for her hard work to have some of the fun extras in this world. I respect her for working hard to have a little fun and not just relying on her parents to pay for her needs and all of her wants. 
Hard work is paying off for her in learning life lessons about the value of working hard for what you want and self-reliance and self-respect for an honest day's work that allows her to enjoy the fullness of life. I celebrate her. I was her at the Golden Corral with my brown polyester kerchief. I was her. I celebrate her. But God will not bless her more because of it. God will not show favor to her for her hard work, at least not any more than God already blesses and shows favor to all of God's children no matter how hard they work. But then I think about the other girl who's working just as hard as the beach-going girl who at the end of the day gives her paycheck to the household income and they still don't have enough to make ends meet and the mama is already working two jobs herself. And I imagine them all laying their tired heads down on their pillows at night, dreaming of lazy days on a beach because in their dreams is the closest they will ever get to a real vacation. And I wonder how, well, God helps those who help themselves, sounds to them. And the truth is, when you place your order at the drive-thru, and then proceed to wait 30 minutes for your fast food, you simply don't know which girl will be at the window to receive your payment and then your frustration for the, the place to be short-staffed, which simply isn't her problem, either of them. She's just trying to get to the beach or make the rent. And I could give you about a thousand more examples, just that simply, about how hardworking folks might feel a bit slighted by a God who helps those who help themselves. But I think I'll not go down that social justice road today. I can tell you we need to figure out ways to honor hard work with a livable wage. We need to be a people that looks out for others more than self. We need a radical generosity mindset that honors hard work and understands that it's often just not that simple. We are interdependent, and we don't just sit around waiting to make sure that everyone has taken the adequate amount of initiative to take care of themselves before we get involved. I'll tell you what we need. We need to be more like Jesus, who over and over and over puts the responsibility to the care for the poor, the outcast, the downtrodden, the oppressed, squarely into our hands and reminds us that every time we take care of those kinds of people, we are taking care of Jesus himself. But I decided not to take the justice, social justice road. I'll just take the pastoral road. God helps those who help themselves is absolutely true. God also helps those who don't help themselves because God works for good. All the time, with everyone, period. Our good friend, the preacher 
of Ecclesiastes in our text for today reminds us that the expectation promoted by conventional wisdom that righteousness and wickedness respectfully reap their just rewards is refuted once again. The commentator Sibley Towner wrote in the New Interpreter's Bible just exactly what I was trying to say. The preacher of Ecclesiastes then advocates a kind of wise moderation, this commentator says. He urges realism about both righteousness and wickedness, wisdom and foolishness. Don't be too righteous, he says, and don't act too wise. There's a willingness to acknowledge human limitations. And the preacher already expressed great dissatisfaction with the idea that the reward of virtue and vindication of wisdom were sure and certain outcomes. For him, no one-to-one relationship exists between piety and payoff. There's no correlation between piety and payoff. God helps those who who help themselves? No, there's not a correlation there in this world or in the world to come. The commentary goes on to say that all through their lives, human beings need to be pushed to see that they have no advantage, not even over the animals. The world itself is morally neutral, and human history produces no mechanism that will respond positively to superscrupulous sanctity or perfectionism. The preacher counsels, therefore, that we take it easy, do the best we can, and not make ourselves miserable for trying moral superiority when there's no point in it. Can you hear how God helps those who help themselves sounds much more like something we would say than anything God would say? Which one of us gets to decide who's really doing all they can for themselves? We don't ever know what's going on behind closed doors. We don't ever really know the mental health of another person. We don't know when debilitating anxiety has set in. We don't ever really know all about the intricacies of one's past that gets them to their present. So defining someone as lazy is a pretty harsh condemnation given that we don't know someone else's life. You see the mother at the baseball field during the Little League game years ago who asked me in the stands one day, where does the Bible say God helps those who help themselves when all I really was there to do was to help the ump call strikes and balls? Don't be asking me about the Bible at Park Sharon. But when she says, where in the Bible does it say that God helps those who help themselves, all she's trying to do is to get herself off the hook for helping someone who in 
her estimation wasn't pulling her own weight. And if she could just get God on board to be as judgmental as she was, if she could just get God to agree with her that there were some people who shouldn't be blessed until they put in the work themselves to deserve it, well, she never got me on board. She just made me mad for putting words in God's mouth that didn't sound a bit like God to me. And then we have to spend the rest of our time and energy trying to tell the world that every Christian doesn't think like that. No wonder nobody comes to church. If that's what you really believed about God, would you come? I wouldn't. If God does indeed help those who help themselves... And if God does indeed help those who don't help themselves, because God always helps everyone all the time, everywhere, period, then perhaps our calling is to follow suit, to help those who help themselves, and to help those who don't, in our opinion, help themselves. I do think you have to throw in that parenthetical, in my opinion. During my time with the preacher of Ecclesiastes this week, which was often, and all the youth were always, Amy, why are you always on your phone? Amy, why didn't you come to an elective? Because Amy has a sermon to write. And y'all won't let me do it at night. You make me stay up and talk all night, and I'm tired. <laughs> but during my brief time with the preacher of Ecclesiastes this week, I found myself thinking of Romans 8:28. It's referenced all throughout our litany at the beginning this morning. The New Revised Standard Version that we always read translates the text this way. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to God's purpose. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God. But if you look closely, if you have a good Bible... There will be an asterisk beside the word good. We know that all things work together for good, asterisk. That's when you go to the footnote. When you go to the footnote, this is what it says. Other ancient authorities read, God makes all things work together for good, or in all things, God works for good. Now, that's different. In all things, God works for good. is different than we know that all things work together for good for those that love God. I like the other ancient authorities better. God works for good. Period. How God works is not dependent upon my work ethic. The way God works is dependent upon my worth. And I'm worth everything to God. And so are you. My worth is that of beloved child of God, unconditionally loved, accepted, Welcomed, blessed. 
There is nothing I can do for good or for ill to change my worth to God. No matter how hard I work, no matter how lazy you may think I am. Nothing changes my worth to God. And in all things and in all people, God always works for good. Period. Now, if we can just follow suit, may it be so. Amen.